The NBA season is finally here. We've got the Lakers, Nuggets, the Suns, Warriors to tip off the season tonight. But Steven Adams is out for the entire NBA season. What does this mean for the Grizzlies? Our final takeaways from the preseason. Also, Patrick and I are playing a game called NBA Island. We're treating NBA players like stocks. We're going to make our initial investments and see who makes better investments throughout the season. And we're wrapping up with the best take and the worst takes of the week. Let's get into trouble. Patrick, the season's here. The season's here. Finally, it's uh, this off season has felt like two months, three months longer than any other off season. I am I could not be more excited. There are so many contenders this year. This is just going to be an amazing season, but it's not going to be as amazing for one very special team. The Memphis Grizzlies got some awful news this weekend, learning that Stephen Adams is going to be out for the entirety of the season. Because he's getting a surgically repaired UCL? Yeah, not good looks for Steven Adams. Not a good look for the Grizzlies. Um, so I did a lot of digging into how much is this is going to affect the Grizzlies. And uh, I think it's going to affect them quite a bit. Do you want me to just run through some yeah, numbers yeah. with you? Or how do you, how do you want to approach this? Throw some numbers at me. Why not? All right, so let's, stop let's start with top level. Last year, Steven Adams played 46 games. They were 31-15 and 15 with him. They were 20-16 and 16 without him. So it's safe to say... The Grizzlies without Steven Adams weren't as good as a team. But obviously, numbers are deeper than the surface level, so let's go into that. Jaw Morant missed 14 of the games that Steven Adams missed. So there was some double jaw missing time with Steven missing time. Here is the big number. Last season, with Steven Adams, the Grizzlies were averaging 13.4 offensive rebounds per game. Would have led the NBA. Without Steven Adams, they dropped to middle of the pack, about 10 per game. Three offensive rebounds per game doesn't seem like much, but offensive rebounds lead to really efficient offense on second chance points. As we know, the Grizzlies are an awful half-court team. They rely heavily on things like offensive rebounds to generate points. Bigger issue without Steven Adams. They are taking three less field goals per game and four less free throws per game. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's now, a again, lot. there's 14 jaw games in that sample size, so about 40% of those games also are missing jaw. That's a big part of those numbers. But as we know, Jaw's missing 25 games to start the year, so those numbers are still relevant. Here's my take. The Grizzlies are undoubtedly going to be a worse team this season without Steven Adams, but this is a necessary evil for them because Steven Adams, as much as I love him, he is a very particular player. He's not the kind of center that can play in any playoff matchup. There's going to be a lot, of, especially in the West, there's playoff matchups where he, his skill set, he's going to get played off the court in a series against the Warriors at full strength. I think at the end of the day, he's getting played off the court in a series against the Suns. I think he's going to get played off the court as well. So they're going to have to go through some growing pains. But in my world, the best version of the Grizzlies is a version of the Grizzlies where Jaron Jackson is playing center. And you know what? It's going to be tough. Jaron just fouled out of a preseason game in three quarters last week. But he's got to figure out how to survive at center. I, that's how I feel. What, what do you think? Uh, I'm not sure I quite agree with that. I think Adams is really important for those series because I don't think the way the Grizzlies are going to beat teams in the playoffs is by playing spaced out as much as they can to match other team styles. I think they have to play Memphis Grizzlies basketball which is rough physical probably low scoring in a playoff setting but 
I agree with what you say. I think they do need to figure out an identity where Jaron is playing center because like all the best championship teams, they need to be able to play different. They need to be able to win in different ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. One interesting stat that I found was that it their defensive rating really isn't as bad as it might seem without Steven Adams. It, apparently in... 2,900 minutes where they've had Jaron on the floor without Steven Adams, they have a defensive rating of 108.2, which in the modern NBA is not, you know, a terrible not bad, place no. to be. But it's just the fact of keeping Jaron on the floor in the minutes that finish the yeah. game, you know, the rest of the game. Because the other thing is they are missing Brandon Clark for the rest of the year, too. So that's mm-hmm. two of their big men out for the season. I mean, presumably Clark, you know, he's going to be back from Achilles. If he does come back, I'm not expecting a lot from him. And I think the backup center right now is listed as Xavier Tillman, who's 6'9". So this he's is another... Right. He can throw his body around. Well, you know what that means? It's Kenny Hustle time. Kenny Lofton <laughs> Jr., big guy. His enemy from France has finally arrived in the NBA. Do you have any, uh, any Kenny Lofton love? I mean, I like Kenny Lofton. You know, he's, he's had his moments, but I'm really worried about the Grizz. I, like, this is a team you and I, when we talk off-pod, have always been really optimistic, really high on. But the way things are trending there, Jaw missing 25 games, you know, Clark probably being out the whole year, Adams being out the whole year, Jaron still clearly having problems with, you know, keeping his fouls under wrap. I think it could get ugly for Memphis. So I, I think I, you're kind of indicating where you are on this question, but I wanted to ask you. Are th- is the Grizzlies championship window closed, still open, or was it never a window at all? I think I, it's tough to say. I think it's a windy, it's a windy season. So the window is closed this year. Okay. But they can open it again. But it could open. It could definitely There's open. There's a window there. I, I don't, I think in the like five-year outlook for this team, I really don't like it for this year. But in terms of like, Two years from now, three years from now, I think this is still going to be a team on the rise looking to contend for a championship. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, any team with top-end talent like Jaw, you, you got to feel good about where you are. But this season, they're, they're, not, they're not deep, you know? It, people, obviously, they have these injuries, but, like, I'm not feeling great about trotting, like, Santiel Dama out there, Jake LaRavia, <laughs> David Roddy, like, these are not names that I'm comfortable playing real minutes. And, and that's, that's what they're going to have to do to survive at least these first 25 games. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm really worried about Memphis. The West is just really, really tough. If the Grizzlies start out 12 and 13, like I think they can claw their way to a play-in for sure. But if they start out like, I don't know, 10. That's like and- best case scenario, though. That's what I'm like a little a worried about is like, I, I guess it's hard for me to picture them starting out like eight and 17 just because of how good they have been. They've always seemed to find ways to, you know, scrap together these wins. But I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, I don't really see the rational way they get to like, yeah, 45 wins, like 14 and 11 during this. Stretch. Oh, oh, yeah. On a, on a, I don't I don't see it either, especially. The guard play that you're relying on, it's okay, veteran guard play. I love the starters. In, in a vacuum. I love the starters. You like you smart like and Bane. smart and vain. But I, I'm looking like point guard play. You got smart and you've got Rose, which those are veteran steady hands, but they're also new additions. 
So you have no continuity going over from the season before. And then like you have no continuity in your big man depth. It's it's a scary place to be. I would be very worried if I was a yeah, Memphis Grizzlies I think, fan. I will say what I think could be funny for Grizzlies fans is obvious. I love Marcus Smart. I think he's a great player. But little shades of Dylan Brooks in his shot selection sometimes. Oh, he's so <laughs> Dylan Brooks coded. Oh, my God. I could not agree more. It. I don't know, man. I'm... You like him more as a playmaker, which is definitely a more dire need right now. Yeah. But very much a Dylan Brooks code. He's Dylan Brooks, but with the like Boston media mafia backing him up. Yeah. His entire career. I don't know. Memphis, I just can't see them not finishing in the top 10. My heart just tells me it's impossible. So I think they do finish in the top 10, but my head is just like, where are these? Early season wins coming from. I mean, think about the teams that are on the bottom half that we've kind of counted out. I know you're a huge Imeo Oka Rockets fan. I mean, we've both been completely flabbergasted by what we've seen from Wemby. Um, The Thunder didn't make the playoffs last year. The Kings, I know you're not as high on the Kings, but... They are starting the season healthy. They're starting the season healthy. They were a regular season wins, at least Mm -hmm. reliable um, team last year. It could get ugly. It It could could, get ugly quick. It could get ugly. Yeah. And somehow Taylor Jenkins is going to still survive this, I think. But I going into... The season after the one that starts today, I, I'm a little nervous for that man. Even though I think he's a good coach, there have been just like roadblock after roadblock. Yeah, after did you read the block. the giant John Rant article that came out? I didn't. I felt I don't know. I you can give me cliff notes, but I felt a little icky about it, and I just didn't want to go into it. My takeaway is there's just not a lot of progress on the job personal side of life. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like it. Um, you know, all the quotes are coming out from him, but I don't know, man. It, it still seems like he might be a couple years away maturity wise to be like a real leader for this team, too. And have you have you heard any of this like John Morant could be like the next star on the move? Do you give that any credence? No, I think he's staying in Memphis. Like how bad could it get? I don't I don't think it gets worse than it has. OK, I think it's only uphill from here on that side of things. But I just I don't I don't see them moving Jaw. I just I don't know. When Jaw's right, like he's he's great. But yeah. I, I don't know. It things get weird really quick. You know, a a year and a half before Ben Simmons got traded, one you're thinking of him as like a future All NBA player for the next ten years, and you're thinking I don't know. I don't know. They might choose Ben Simmons over Joel Embiid and. Obviously, now looking back, that's insanity. But things happen really quickly in the NBA. That's true. That's that's so true. All right. So, gun to your head, is John Morant on the Grizzlies at the end of next season? Yes, I think so too. Yes, but I'm more comfortable about saying that about a lot of players <laughs> other than the Jaw. Ja. Okay, who's who's got it? Is this Jaw's gun? Yeah, it's, it is Jaw's gun. It's he only a, it's only a water him. gun, though. Yeah, that's water. that's the thing you all need to know. Jaw only has water guns. Um, uh, okay, let's so I guess move both forward. of us really low on the Grizzlies. We both love you, Grizzlies. Yes, um, we do. I I really want the best for you, Memphis, but it seems like this is not the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, final preseason. We're closing the book on the preseason. Do you have any more takeaways? 
I do. So all all off season, I've been I've been looking at this team, Patrick. You know this team. This is the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. I just yeah, I just that's your that's your kind of it team. I was thinking they're going to come up later in the podcast. Wink, wink. But so Vegas over under pretty much every book is thirty one and a half wins. Last season the Rockets were twenty two and sixty. Um, last season the the Magic went from twenty two wins the year before to thirty four wins. I think this year's Rockets are better than last year's Magic. If that makes sense, do you yes. think this team could get to thirty eight wins? No, I don't. You don't. Where do you think they could get to? I think that they could. Pr- I imagine them getting around 30, 35 wins. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a best case scenario for them. I just, at the end of the day, they have vets now, but I don't see management once it, it's kind of like, are we going to just settle for the 11 seed or really push for the, the 10 seed in the West? I don't think that they're going to end up in the second half of the year keep playing their vets over their young players. And I don't think that they should. That's that's just where I'm standing. But do they have the talent? Absolutely. If they're everything kinda, goes right. They're kind of too deep everywhere. Yeah. Except center. I, I don't know if the center depth I'm in love with. But Sengun is really, really good as a starter. And, you know, most NBA teams can't look at you in the face and say, I have a great backup center. I don't know, man. I think Jabari Smith, if he takes this jump that it looks like he has over the summer, like, this team could... I, I mean, you're right. 38 is really bullish, but I don't know. I think this team has a lot of potential. If we weren't in such a loaded Western conference, I dare I say play and push. So that's where you see the jump happening. Jabari Smith Jr. Jabari Smith Jr. I think Jalen Green's efficiency is going to skyrocket playing under this coach because I think there's going to be kind of this leash that didn't exist before. I think Shengun just getting older will get better. Amin Thompson, you know, if he is as good as we all hope and as he's looked in the preseason, they're going to have a lot of just high octane guard play. Um, Fred Van Vliet just gives them a lot of shooting around these guys that they didn't have before. I don't know. I'm just like, I, I'm excited about the Rockets. I, hey, I, I love it, man. I, I, I see it. I see where, where you're going. And maybe I'm just a coward. Maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm scared. It's it's a lot to say. I know. It's just like every time I'm like the Rockets, and I'm like, man, the West is tough. The but West I'm like, is so tough. My gut is just telling me this team is going to like overwhelm some teams. Like some teams are going to come into Houston, being like young team. They were garbage last year, and all of a sudden, Amen and Jalen Green are flying up the court at like a thousand miles per hour, mm-hmm. and teams are like, what am I? What are we playing against? The thing that I really like about the Rockets' depth is their, the second line that they have is like lamps. You've got Amen at the point guard, who is like this 6'8", super versatile, fast, insanely athletic defender, which he'll have his rookie mistakes, but if you're starting from a 6'8", guy defending the other team's backup point guard, it's a good place to be. Dylan Brooks as your two, which is like, you know, he's one of the top, what, 10, yeah. 15 guard defenders in the NBA. Um, Reggie Bullock, Cam Whitmore, either way, um, you've either got some serious, like veteran, like Reggie Bullock played huge minutes two playoffs ago and played really great defense. Cam Whitmore is just a freak athlete. And then Tari Eason, who I love, he is just clamps. And then Jock Landale, who's super like yeah, nice puzzled. as a backup. Like that is not a second line that I am enthused about playing at all, especially if I'm a contending team. 
that's just trying to get by. Yeah, I think the thing that's so weird about this team that's like the weird breaking point is like when I think about last year's Rockets, you think of like undisciplined, crazy, just craziness, right? Like yeah. Jalen Green is like he's kind of all over the place. And you watch him in this preseason. There's this one play where Sengun gets an offensive rebound. He dribbles back toward the three-point line, and Amin Thompson cuts into the paint. Sengu no-look backward pass to him. And then in the same game, we have like a nice like Cam Whitmore diving to the hoop, and Amin instantly throws a perfect lob. I don't know. The ball movement seems like I'm, I'm excited about it. The this more team. you talk about Amin, you're going to talk me <laughs> into this, man. Okay? <laughs> he's, my, he's my guy. I, I love him. Uh, um, I think that's enough Rockets fever. Okay. What, what, what are your final takeaways from the preseason? Okay, I've just got one more. I was watching the rest of, of preseason. And I started thinking about the most improved player award, which we didn't go into in our awards prediction podcast, which if you haven't watched yet, click at that episode. It's evergreen. We've got some great takes. But I was I was trying to figure out who was a realistic, you know, recipient candidate for that award. And I found a guy who meets the criteria of most of the winners of the last 15, 20 years, but I don't think he's someone that people will identify. I think that Jamal Murray is going to win most improved player. So he's never been an all-star. He's never been an all-star, and he's never, like, let me break down. These are his points per game over his career. Rookie year, nine points, 16, 18, 18, 21. He was injured for the season, 20. Which is shocking because I feel like any time I've ever watched a Nuggets game, which is usually on primetime, obviously, I feel like it's always him scoring like 28 points. Exactly. <laughs> does he just, if the, if, the, if the bright lights and the cameras aren't on, does Jamal just like take a chill pill or? I guess. I don't know. I mean, apparently the people in Denver can't even watch the Nuggets. So <laughs> no one knows what happens <laughs> in Nuggets games. Nobody knows what happens when they're not on national TV. <laughs> but I was looking back. So Jaw between his... um. Between his year pre um, winning most improved was averaging 19 points a game. And then he jumped up to 27 points a game, which that is like so within the realm of possibility of something that he could do. He could do. Julius Randle, when he won, he went from 19 points a game to 24 points a game. Brandon Ingram went from 18 points a game to 23 points a game. It's the winner of the most improved player is never like this guy that's like on the periphery of the league, barely like holding on to a roster spot. It's a guy that we know is a star, but hasn't put up star numbers yet. And that's Jamal Murray. I think I, I'm not on the Nuggets in that I don't think they're going to get the first seed in the west they're obviously a finals contender if not should i I think they should be the betting favorite um but i think the way that they get through this next regular season a regular season where they no longer have bruce brown a regular season where they no longer have jeff green i'm i don't think that they they're gonna try to rely on the peyton watsons of the world but i think realistically the way they keep their profile as this huge contender is Jamal Murray finally takes that leap that we've seen him take in the playoffs, not once, but twice, but he does it for the entirety of a regular season. So 
if you're at the sports book, go throw down some money on Jamal Murray for most improved player. Is this a spoiler for our NBA Island? It's not. It's not. It's not. I, it's how I found it was was kind of going through those numbers. But I just, yeah, I think I think he's a great candidate for that award. And he needs it's his turn. It's his turn for some real recognition. I think there's a good chance that he is an all NBA player this year. But um, I love him for most improved. Yeah, I, I really like that pick. I have not made a most improved pick. But uh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick with my Rockets. I guess I'll just go with Jabari Smith Jr. Even though, as you laid out, is not really the profile of the type of guys who win it. But we'll see. Hey, I love Jabari. Yeah, I love Jabari. Let's see it. I would I would love to see him do that. All right, are we are we going to the the island? Not yet. Let's we're gonna before we get to the island. Okay. We're, we're, the boat the boat is parked right on the shores of the regular season. Yes, it is. The season is finally here, Patrick. Tonight we have Nuggets, Lakers. We have Suns. Warriors, and obviously there is a ton of games throughout the course of the opening week. So instead of talking about the two games tonight, because honestly, the opening night game usually doesn't mean a lot by game 82. In fact, mm-hmm. it almost never does. Let's just talk about the three games each of us are most excited for. And I actually will start with one of tonight's games. I am really excited for Nuggets-Lakers. Uh, that is <laughs> one of my games that I had down as well. Why, why, why are you so excited? Uh, one, it's the first game back, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's the first of the two yes. games. Yes. So. NBA is back. Got to love the opening game of the season. Got to get to see what LeBron looks like physically. I'm excited for that. Some weird things out of Nuggets camp. Jamal Murray basically was like, don't expect us to be a juggernaut. Weird quote. Um, Come worst, on, Jamal. Worst take I, candidate. I just, I just put it out there for you, Jamal. Um, <laughs> you're saying not that you're not going to be a juggernaut. The, the Nuggets, I don't know if it was Nuggets or ESPN, or they put out a video of what basketball means to Jokic and... Uh, was not really convinced by it, but still love watching you Jokic play basketball. Yeah, I'm really excited to see just the Lakers in action. I'm really, really high on this team. I'm really excited to see what they look like. The Nuggets kind of all postseason slash offseason have been doing the whole, like, we were more excited about beating the Lakers than winning the championship, which has been strange, um, to say the least. And I just think this could be a really fun game. You're touching on why I put it on my list. We're, we're going away from X's and O's land. I am excited because. LeBron and Anthony Davis have been talking so much smack <laughs> yeah. about the Nuggets all preseason media day. That is like the only thing that I've heard them talk about. And I want to see some fireworks. And what better fireworks than to see it on ring night in Denver, in the Mile High. Speaking of Mile High, did you see the Nuggets city jerseys? They're horrible. They- they look like a cat fell asleep on the keyboard. <laughs> just wrote a random number. And, and then a bunch of random numbers. Just Obviously, we know up. it's not a random number. It's the elevation. Yeah, but no. it, it, it doesn't look good on a jersey. It looks awful. But um, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm really excited <laughs> for. I want to I see some fire. I, I, think, I think we could see some smoke. Yeah, I want, even like Contavious Caldwell Pope was talking about like putting a whooping on the Lakers. And I, I was know. like, you just want to chip with the Lakers. I don't know. There's a weird like animosity between these two teams that like i feel like when i watch them on the court i don't see but then the post game pressers are just yeah i don't know i'm ready i think this could be a really chippy opener i hope so it feels i i will say it feels kind of one-sided it feels like it matters a hell of a lot more to the lakers than it matters to the nuggets but hey we how many times have we seen lebron james lose on a ring night (laughs) many times that's true many times at this i but I don't know. It's a, it's a fun game because if you told me the Nuggets won by 30, I would be like, that's pretty 
you know, 2020s Lakers. If you if the Lakers won by 20, I'd be like, yeah, I feel like I could have saw that. I don't know. This game, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, who do you have? I have the Nuggets. You have the Nuggets? Yeah. I, I'm I, I've got the Lakers. I, I think I don't think they're the better team, but I think one night only, there's just there's some LeBron. I think LeBron's really gonna give it. There's there's just LeBron yeah. juice where he's healthy, he's gonna, you know. He's not going to shoot as many threes. It'll it'll be good for the Lakers. I, I I would love for LeBron to come out and have a game like that, and for us to do the where does LeBron rank in the top ten discourse every week of the season. But yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Patrick, what was so that was one of your games? What was your next game you were excited for? Come on, come on, you know what I'm going to say. Suns Warriors. Okay, the other not, opening night game. I could not be more excited to see these two high powered offenses going at it. For what it's worth. I think the NBA completely nailed the opening night slate. I would have loved to see Bucks Celtics, but we didn't know that was going to happen until two weeks ago, right? Um, but yeah, just seeing Kevin Durant back in front of Warriors fans, that's going to be fun. Seeing Chris Paul play against a Suns team that just traded him away. There's like, you know, Chris Paul is going to make all of that personal. I want to see Devin Booker ISO on Chris Paul when the game's on the line. I I think I hope it's going to be a close game. I, I want to see Devin Booker ISO on Clay Thompson. Oh yeah, I'm more excited about that than uh, Chris going against Devin. I feel like Chris and Devin, you know, Chris is obviously a competitor. I feel like they're just so buddy buddy from their time in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, they they do love. But each the other. Clay Thompson Devin Booker thing has been <laughs> a really fun like. They mellowed it out a little bit. It's kind of. That beef has kind of transferred over to yeah. Paul George. Yeah. Um, because Paul George was trying to bait Clay or Clay into Clay, talking yeah. smack about Devin Booker. So from what I've seen, I think Book gave Clay a little bit of respect for that. But fingers crossed, Draymond will be there. You know, Draymond's gonna kick somebody in the nuts. It's gonna go crazy. <laughs> Um, I yeah, I could not be more excited for that game. I think Nurkic is like a prime candidate for the next like white guy that like white guy center that Draymond is just like beefing with. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Nurkic is low key dirty. He is he's low key dirt dirty. He'll fall with all of his three hundred pounds right on top of someone. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of extracurricular activities may or may not happen in that game as well. Um. James, anything else on, on that game? No, I'm excited for that game too. Um, it's gonna be, I think, with both of these opening games, it's gonna be hilarious when like we have like a 15 point win in either direction, and people are like, "Oh my!" Like the Suns win by like 18. It's like, are the Suns the bona fide favorites in the West? It's like, guys, it's game one. A yeah. lot is gonna change between now and game 82, but that's how it goes. It's gonna be funny because on first take, they're gonna say that about the Suns or the Warriors. And then the next one, it's gonna be, if the Lakers win, they'll also say it about the Lakers. Yeah, we're gonna have like three favorites in the West. We're gonna have so half the West will be favorites. Everyone who won yeah. their opening game will be a favorite. That um, is true. My next game is Maverick Spurs. That is my other game. We had all the same game. <laughs> so the Mavericks have been competing with the Sixers for I think dysfunctional offseason of the uh, of the association. Of the, yeah, uh, Wemby has just been. We talked about him last week. Since then, he's only played better only been more highlight filled he's just arguably been the best player in the preseason as a rookie if you haven't seen the two minute stretch in i think it was the second quarter of the spurs mat uh the spurs warriors game do yourself a favor and go see it 
It's 12 points. Like he has 12 points in like seven minutes and he has like four blocks. It's just like rookies don't take over games like, games that. like that. Anyways. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really important season for the careers of both Luca and Kyrie Irving. I think, oh. you know, Kyrie Irving, obviously, I feel like within the league circles has kind of been passed around a little bit. I still think he's really, really good. I think, honestly, Kyrie, in my eyes, as an on-the-court player, is low-key been getting kind of better with age. Almost every year of his career, it seems like his decision-making gets better every year incrementally. His efficiency seems to be going up almost every year since he's joined the Nets, now the Mavericks, and with the Celtics. So, I don't know. Kyrie's in this weird place where I think the public perception of him is he's like a deteriorated player. I kind of think he might be in his absolute apex. Yeah, um, I mean, age-wise, this is his prime. Yeah. He, he and, shouldn't be better than he is. And Luca, obviously, you know, Luca, you know, I feel like he's a top five player, but we think this team is an absolute mess. We think they're going to really struggle with bigs and they're going against Wemby. <laughs> so one thing I didn't touch on the Spurs when I was doing my Rockets research was the Rockets and Spurs had the same record last year, but the Spurs had a negative 10 point differential. So this team might be a lot worse than we even thought around Wemby. So I think it'll be kind of fun to see. Can Wemby make this team competitive? We haven't seen a, a big man kind of single-handedly turn a team around since Embiid was a rookie he only played not enough games even rookie of the year but he had the process Sixers with a positive point differential is Wemby going to be a transformational big like Embiid was I think we're going to find out I know we're going to find out <laughs> so my question the thing that I'm most excited to see is in all the preseason we didn't really see Wemby covering any true centers so is Victor Wembanyama gonna guard Luca? <laughs> I think he's gonna block Luca at least once. Yeah, I just I want to see some one on one. Yeah, I, like, I would love to see some Luca Wemby. If anyone could figure out how to score over Wemby, I feel like it would be Luca with like a nice like fake pass. I feel like Luca might be the first guy to really embarrass Wemby. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's he still does have this kind of like turbo. He's like going almost too fast, fast yeah. for his own good. So yeah, I could. I could see some like ankles broken or something, but hey, if there's one other thing I learned from the preseason, there's nothing NBA players are more scared of currently than being put on a highlight reel of Victor Wembanyama. That's like, it's like the plague. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like guys are still trying to drive at him. Like small forwards were like, oh, I'm faster than him. And then he's like, no, you're not. Are, but <laughs> like, I, I just feel like he like shot checks so many people. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Patrick, what is your final game you're most that excited was it. for? That oh, was that it. was it. We had all the same. So I had one more because I didn't have Suns Warriors. Oh, okay. Give it to me. I've got 76ers Bucks. There we go. So these games between these two teams almost always ends in a very, very close finish. Embiid Giannis is a fun matchup. We had the latter game last year. Um, both of these teams are weird in a weird coaching situation. The Bucs, obviously, they just lost Terry Stotts off their coaching staff. He just stormed out. Is that are... something or nothing? I think it's something. Um, before he was fired, they asked Dame how he was fitting into the Milwaukee offensive system, and he said, it's Terry Stotts. I know the system. Well, Terry Stotts is gone. <laughs> a week later, speaking of how much can change really fast. So are the Bucs like in a coaching disarray? Is I think this is something. It's a huge red flag. I totally agree. And for, for those of you that don't know, Terry Stotts was the coach of the Blazers for like forever. The first while Damian nine Lillard years was there. Damian Lillard's career. And he got hired before they traded for Damian Lillard for um, what it's worth. But yeah, he just he quit. Apparently they disagreements apparently with Adrian, Adrian Griffin. Griffin like 
yelled at him in front of the team and Terry Stotts was just like, I'm too old for this. I'm out of here, which I respect you, Terry Stotts, for yeah, standing up so for himself. On one hand, we have this Bucks team that everybody loves. We love the name Giannis Energy, but coaching-wise, what is this team going to look like? I know in the, the preseason, the Dame Giannis pick and roll is still getting its kinks ironed out. I think it'll 100% be there by the end of the season. But game one, what is it going to look like versus maybe the most dysfunctional franchise of a franchise that's been a consistent winner for like six years now? The Sixers, Embiid, Nick Nurse, no Harden. Harden, I don't think he's going to play. He's been uh, yeah, in Houston how this whole time. How far away from the court do you think James Harden will be? Will he be on the bench? Will he be in Texas? Oh, he's going to be in Houston, <laughs> Texas. Far, he might be at the the, tech, the, the Rockets game. Um, but the Sixers too weird thing. Uh, quote nominee for worst take and B talking about how he didn't want to play in this ISO heavy role he's played in his whole career. I'm sorry. Have you watched Nick Nurse Raptors basketball? There is a disturbing amount of isolation in it. Yeah, um, especially for big post players. Yes, yes. So I'm. What is the Sixers offense going to look like with Embiid? Like, is it going to be this Embiid just gets the ball in the low block and the elbow a hundred times? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like also the Sixers, Sands, Harden are going to be a good team. I don't know. I, they should be. Why, why shouldn't they? They still have two supers, one of like the highest level superstars, yeah, superstars that we have. And then Tyrese Maxey's a blur. D'Anthony Melton's still still really good. Tobias Harris is about as great of a role player as, as you're going to get. For. Yeah, they're not like the no brainer finals contender that they were with a healthy James Harden. But you know, it's one regular season game. We're not talking playoff basketball. Yeah. right now. So I don't know. I'm looking for this to be an ugly rock fight of a game. I think it'll be really entertaining. I think we could get a ladder gate 2.0. Oh, game one of the season. I, I don't know. This game is ripe for strangeness. We could only be so treated treated so well to get la ladder games. <laughs> All right. I think our boat has finally reached the island. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have arrived at NBA Island. Um, James, can you give everybody a rundown of this kind of game we're about to play? So Patrick and I are going to be investing in NBA players like a stock. So their currency is their PER. Obviously, PER is one of these like all-in-one advanced metrics. Shout perfect. out John Hollinger. Yeah. Thanks for making that stat for us. It's not perfect, but it's basically an approximation of how good somebody is. So for example, if I wanted to buy Tyreek's Maxi stock, he had a PER of 17 last year. So if I bought two Tyreek's Maxi stock, that would cost me 34. Every month for the rest of the season on around you know the end of the month, Patrick and I are going to have to Take a look at our investments, decide which players we want to keep, which ones we want to you know, dump. We're going to see who can have a better stock portfolio value by the end of the season. We're each starting with $500. Now, 500 foul trouble 500 bucks? fouls. 500 foul points. Uh, foul 500 PER points, whatever the currency is. Now, Patrick, do you want me to go through my list first or do you want to go through your list first? Um, either way, you want to go back and forth a little bit? Uh, let's do one at a time because I think it'll be a little bit easier to follow. Um, okay, what, lead us off. Lead us I'll off. lead us off. So I have four people I'm investing in. Uh, I'm going to start with the player who had a high PER to begin with. So maybe this is a risky one, but I think it's going to pay off. I've got five stocks of Trey Young. Oh, I love it. What is Trey Young's Trae PER Young, at? So Trey Young costs 22 right now. So okay. I've got five stocks of Trey Young paying 110 for that. So yeah, Trey Young had a 22 PER last year. Um, that's his lowest since his rookie year. Mm. His highest was around 25. And I think with the, the new offense, 
uh, the offseason to kind of be in this new Snyder system. I think Trey Young can get to a 24 or 25 PER again. And especially with a l- small sample size, maybe it peaks at 28 and I, you know, I exit. Yeah. I have one month in. So I've got five stocks of Trey Young at 22 PER. Are you at all worried about how him sharing the backcourt one more year to really figure out the balance between him, him and, and DeJounte? DeJounte? I'm not because I think last year was as ugly as it's going to get. And he had a 22. Gotcha. I don't think there's any. I don't see a lot of downside with Trey Young. Hey, I, I'm all in on Trey Young. I, I, I like that. pick. OK, so my next guy who's above the 15 threshold, 15 is supposed to be league average. Um, I only have one guy. above 15. Oh, this is my second player above 15. This is my example player. I have Tyrese Maxey. There we go. So I he had a, about Tyrese. He had a 17 PER. Um, you know, I can move off this position in a month. So, again, Maxey of a guy, if he just goes crazy, pre-hardened trade, pre, you know, hardened showing back up. Gets to like an 18, 19, 20 PER, 21 PER. I don't see why he couldn't if he's going to handle the ball a lot, get a lot more stats, maybe up his assist total a lot. So I've got four of him at 17 to 68. Now I'm going to go rapid fire for my last two. Okay, sounds good. This one shouldn't surprise anyone. Cade Cunningham. I have 11 shares of Cade Cunningham. That is a juicy stock. He had 14 PER last year. I think. He can get to 16. He can get to 17. Patrick, I'm not here for the giant gains. Last season, for example, if anyone's curious, the best buy would have been like a Lowry Markinen. Yes. He went from a 14 to a 22. Um, so I have 11 shares of Cade. And my biggest investment, my guy, Jabari Smith Jr., I'm buying 15 shares at 11.2. Um, I just, I don't see why he can't get to like 17. I don't see how he couldn't either because... Let me tell you, I also invested <laughs> in Jabari Smith Jr. I bought eight shares of Jabari Smith Jr. I think his um his preseason and his summer league was just really, really so uh it, it was really encouraging. Um I and I think I'm not all the way sold on the Rockets big man situation as after Alper and Shangoon. And I think we might even get some Jabari Smith Better. Jr. at five looks with with that roster. I think that's a just super exciting possibility. I love that buy. So, well, so that, I guess what is the rest of your buys then? Okay. So I uh my the highest PR that I invested in with a 15.5 is Scotty Barnes. Okay. Um there's a couple reasons. I, I think the new coach is going to do a lot for Scotty Barnes. Everything that I heard was that the vibes in Toronto, Toronto. were just absolutely horrible last season. Um, I, this is also more of a long-term investment. I think that there's a pretty good chance that the Raptors come off of one of either OG or Pascal Siakam later in the year and i think that's just gonna make even more of an opportunity for scotty so you might be holding a scotty stock the whole season absolutely but my favorite thing about scotty barnes is in this is a non-fred van vliet era raptors team dennis schroeder is the only is the most established point guard on the roster and what that tells me is that scotty barnes is is their point guard He's going to be playing a lot with the ball in his hand. And and I, I love that for Scotty. I think that th- with the drop in expectations, there's just a, a really large area for him to improve. Um, after that, um, 
So I bought six shares of Scotty Barnes. Okay. At, at 15.5. I bought six shares of Obi Toppin at 13.6. Okay. This is a total gamble on a just new environment. I I love, love, love. Everybody loves Obi Toppin's offensive fit with Tyrese Halliburton. But yes. what I think isn't being talked about enough is one, Tibbs was all the way out on Obi Toppin last year. And I love Obi Toppin's offensive fit next to Miles Turner. Mitchell Robinson is just a big, like, lane blocker. And hey, he's good at what he does, but Miles Turner is going to stretch the floor. And if I have Obi Toppin, of course, like he can shoot a little bit, but I want him attacking close or closeouts mercilessly, just destroying the rim. He's going to be playing a lot in transition. I just, I love Obi Toppin going into the next season. Defense is another conversation, but you know what? I, I'm going for big booms here. Um, that's why my next investment coming in at 13.3 PER, I bought three shares of Josh Akogi. <laughs> you didn't think that I was going to get all the way through this exercise without picking one of my son's players. I think Josh Akogi is most likely going to start next to the next to the big three and Yusuf Nurkic this year in Phoenix. Um, last year, there was just a huge, huge change in his shooting splits from when he started and when he was coming off the bench. When he was starting, he was shooting 36% from three. When he was coming off the bench, he was shooting 30% from three. He start and he started 26 games last season and he came off the bench in the other 46 games. So there's just he he was averaging five more points a game. He was averaging one more rebound. I think Josh Akogi is one of those defenders that people just don't talk about enough. He is of the ilk of all of the the really great guard defenders that can scale up in this league. And I think this season, honestly, I think this season he's going to price himself out of the Suns going forward. Um, so just a small investment there. My other... I like how diversified your portfolio is. You're like, I've got two shares of this guy, three exactly. shares of this guy. Mine's like, I've got 15 shares of this guy. I'm going all in. Hey, go big or go home. True. I went home and I, I <laughs> filed everything away. In a filing cabinet. Very carefully. Um, my next um, purchase is someone that I'm super high on at 12.3, Keegan Murray. I think this dude is awesome. And I think he is going to solidify himself this season as the third best player on the Sacramento Kings roster, if not the second best player. Um, he was only averaging 12 points a game, but he started almost every single game last season. Um, it's just, you know, rookie second year jump. I, I love him. I, I don't think there's really much else to say about it. We already talked about my shares of Jabari Smith Jr., I've got two more guys. One guy I invested in at 10.3, Grant Williams. Okay. I, I think he is the one real wing that um, the Mavericks have that I believe in. So I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. This is a guy that kind of Joe Mazzula kind of soured on in the latter half of the year. And what I'm really excited about is 
for Grant Williams' entire career in in Boston, he pretty much played exclusively power forward because Boston had a glut of bigs. They had Time Lord. They had um Al Al, Al Horford, and so he would get a couple of you know possessions at center. I think there's a real chance that the Mavericks center situation dissolves in a way that Grant Williams can get real looks at center this year. And I think think offensively (laughs) that those could be absolutely explosive lineups. Oh no, I do not like that for the Mavericks. I think they could be insane. He's a thick guy. He's like, uh, he's proto uh, PJ, PJ Tucker. He's, that's the mold. This is this is this. I think that would be a disaster for the Mavericks. Um, but either way, I love him at power forward. I think he's gonna play a lot of minutes, and I think it's time for him to grow a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I only got four shares of him. Okay, don't worry. Um, what was his PER last year? Ten point three. Okay, but he barely played. Okay, he yeah, no, yeah, yeah, played. yeah. He had no confidence. That's way under league average, and he is an above league average talent. Yes, in my agreed. Opinion. I'm just okay. I'm just uh, I'm I'm curious where that one goes. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just I'm really curious what hey, that looks like. I might be wrong. This is this is gambling, people. Okay. You gotta be careful when you're gambling. Yeah. Um, okay, I got two more people. One legitimate investment that I made <laughs> four shares at eleven point four, Jeremy Sohan. Okay, um, I like that. I've one. been watching so much Spurs basketball. I gotta have I couldn't. We decided that we weren't going to invest in any um, rookies because there was like no way. We have to get there. They haven't IPO'd yet, so we can invest in rookies after the first month, but for right now. So um, I just, I I really, I'm really interested to see how Pop continues to use Jeremy Sohan because last season he kind of played only power forward, but in the preseason he's been playing a lot of point guard. He's had the ball in his hands. We've talked a lot about how we don't love the Spurs point guard play. So could he become this like poor man's Ben Simmons running the floor next to Wemby? That was enough for me to make a little bit of an investment. And then I had I had 10 foul trouble bucks left. Who'd you grab? I didn't know. There are very few players under 10 PER. So... I bought one share of Dylan Brooks. <laughs> one single share. I like it. I bought I bought it's one It's better share. to invest the money than not invest it. Exactly. It was burning a hole in my pocket. And so I thought, hey, Ime's not gonna like put up with any of his antics this year. Maybe it could be a real boon for me. So at the end of the day, I got one share of Dylan Brooks. <laughs> I love it. Four shares of Grant Williams, eight shares of Jabari Smith Jr. Four shares of Jeremy Sohan, eight shares of Keegan Murray, three shares of Josh Okogie, six shares of Obi Toppin, and six shares of Scotty Barnes. So you have a definitely much more diversified portfolio. A name you brought up at the end that neither of us had that I'm like just killing myself for not saying is Ben Simmons. His PR must have been really low Ooh, last year, and it's going look. to be pretty high this year. So I think both of us are going to take a huge L on not having Simmons in this exercise. He's probably the first overall pick if we did a giant community draft. Yeah. Um, so I guess both of us are, are nominated for worst take. Yeah. 
for, for, for a worse take for not even considering ben, ben Simmons. Simmons for this entire exercise. <laughs> yeah, another guy, Mikel Bridges, just because he's getting now a full season of being the guy instead mm-hmm. of just a half season. That's another guy whose PER could shoot up a couple points, almost guaranteed. Yeah, I was I was looking for penny stocks though. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't looking for these monster like like Apple, Disney, like that. Not trying to change rock my world right now. Yeah, just little by little. We're we're in it for the long haul, baby. Um. All right. And with that, Patrick and I are going to end as we always do on Monday with best take, worst take. We have scoured the internet, scoured the TV, scoured our brains in the History Channel for the best takes and the worst takes of the week. As a reminder, every week's worst take winner will be pitted against the other worst take winners of the month, and we will decide the worst take of the month. And at the end of the season, we will decide the worst take of the entire year it's gonna be hard that is gonna be um, extremely hard so patrick i had a really hard time finding a best take this week it's a lot of you know people it's a lot of just injury report updates it's a lot everybody's of, still in preseason mode i They're haven't even really seen any just like takes that are that are good so i had to really stretch this one i took it completely out of context i think we're all having olympic fever so many guys mm-hmm. kevin durant lebron james Stephen curry they're gonna play for team usa in the olympics Brian Windhorst, uh, I won't, said, quote, we're never seeing Harden in red, white, and blue again. Now, was he talking about Team USA? No, but that's how I'm interpreting it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Harden will ever play for Team USA again. I'm giving my best take to Brian Windhorst. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I can't I can't say that you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say Philadelphia. He said red, white, and blue. Famously, the colors of Team USA. <laughs> Famously. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Yeah, I would be really shocked if uh, James Harden played for Team USA. <laughs> I mean, he won't even play for the team that actually pays him, <laughs> yeah. let, alone. let alone the one that d- d- does it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great take, Wendy. Thank you for giving well, I also came up with a bit of a stretch. Um, <laughs> Kevin Garnett on his podcast said, quote, the Spurs should make the playoffs, which, you know, big ticket. I, I don't agree with you. I don't think the Spurs should make the playoffs. But why I'm giving you my stamp of approval as best take of the week is it's so rare to see old heads just like lifting up a the rookie. new stars yeah. of the NBA, let alone a rookie that's only played preseason games. And a foreign rookie. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm just I just wanted to applaud Kevin Garnett, say like, hey man, you are what we need to see going forward from our NBA legends, really supporting and loving the new talent in the league. Yeah. The Spurs should make the playoffs. Why not? I don't think it'll happen, but love you, KG. You know, I will say, I just, I don't know if it is that crazy just because when I was revisiting the whole, like, Embiid as a rookie had a positive point. Di- the Sixers were a positive point differential team when he was on the court. The, the, I don't know if people remember how bad those process Sixers teams were. That's kind of what the Spurs team is like. And if Wemby's everything he's chalked up to be, everything he's looked like, he's going to be a Joel Embiid level player. Like, I don't know. Let's see if he has a similar impact to that. Yeah. I mean, he, and there's more like, to look back into history, like Tim Duncan was yeah. a just flat out all NBA player in his rookie year. Um, I think if Wemby can sustain that kind of play and stay healthy, 
it's definitely within the cards of at least, you know, it's not saying much to make the 10th seed, seed in the, the West. 10th seed, yep. 10th seed. Um, yeah, it is weird talking about making and missing the playoffs in today's A and age because in our last episode, we had been talking about MVPs to, you know, someone who could, or champions after missing the playoffs. Or we, we didn't talk, we talked about this, just us. Uh, yeah. But I tweeted all about this. Yes. What James is referring to is that there, I, when I went back and did research, there had been no MVPs in the media voting era. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, uh, the championship teams after missing the playoffs. Oh, okay. When we did yeah, the yeah, trivia. Yeah. The Warriors actually were, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were the eighth seed the year before they won the championship, but they lost in the play-in. Yeah. So it does yeah, confiscate yeah, yeah. the way we talk about these teams. I, yeah. I didn't, I don't know if that's for sure, but that's how I remember it. So it is a weird, I don't know. It is, I guess, yeah, if yeah. you're a 10 seed, you're a playoff team. If you're a seven seed, you might not be, but that's the NBA. I don't know. Hey, if you're in the playoffs, <laughs> you're, in, you're the playoff. in the playoffs. Yes. All right, Patrick, what is your worst take of the week? Okay, my worst take, Nick Wright. You need to get right, man. <laughs> Here we go. He said, I think if you're trying to win a championship, I would rather have as my third guy off Austin Reeves and the things he does than Bradley Beal. That is the most <laughs> absurd take ever. It would be one thing. Okay, it would be one thing if Austin Reeves was like this lockdown perimeter defender. Austin Reeves, I just got saw get cooked by a bunch of guys from Transylvania in the in the World Cup. Okay, this guy is not not a great defensive player, and there is no Bradley Beal is not like thirty six. He's twenty nine years old, and two years ago led the league in scoring. I will guarantee you right now that Austin Reeves is never ever ever going to lead the league in scoring. This is such an unhinged like. I love LeBron too, man. But you know what? Like, he's not going to give you a kiss on the cheek because you're saying Austin Reeves is better than Bradley Beal. It, it, it's it's hilarious because like LeBron is my favorite player of all time. But we're in the like the LeBron fandom news cycle that the LeBron super fans sometimes do, where it's like LeBron is on the best team. Austin Reeves is the third best championship option by ahead of Bradley Beal, and then like. Six months from now, like the Lakers lose a game where maybe this, the role players don't shoot well. And it's like, LeBron has no help. It's like, but you have to revisit this. Exactly. Imagine <laughs> what the temperature of the Lakers would be this year if they had Bradley Beal <laughs> instead of Austin Reeves. Like, they would be the betting favorite in Vegas if they had Bradley Beal on their roster. It's just like completely absurd, unhinged take. Like, these guys, all they do good is offense and one is just clearly statistically better than the other one yeah all right well my worst take uh i would want bill i would rather have mike mccarthy over bill belichick to coach oh sorry we are <laughs> skip bayless I, I i had such a hard time finding a best take this week that i was like let me go to the the notorious bad take leaders we got the skips the Stephen a's mm -hmm. uh just to find some and i was just shocked at how i don't think skip has ever had a good take no, I, I don't think so either. Give me um, that take one more time. Uh, I would rather have Mike McCarthy over Bill Belichick to coach the Cowboys. Sorry, we are. I'm sorry. We are not. It is actually basketball season now, but I just I couldn't believe that. Um, that is an insane take. So we had some nominees for me. You know, I think this one happened in the beginning of the week. So we might have forgot it. LeBron needs to respect the game from Michael Cooper. Um, Tyler Hero with the I have the potential to be the best scorer in the NBA at some point. Um. 
Don't I, agree. I would be worried if he didn't believe that. Yeah, but, it but it's, it's still a bad take. Uh, so my worst take goes to my former neighbor. Um, not a great neighbor. Kind of rude. His name is Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin, my yes, guy. I saw this. If you guys take. didn't know, Kenyon Martin was our neighbor when I lived at the Two Eye House. Um, KJ, shout out to KJ. I've seen him a bunch of times. He's the man. There Super we cool go. dude. Uh, Kenyon Martin said, quote, real basketball people know that Kyrie Irving is the best player on the Mavericks over Luka Doncic. Th- that is such an awful take. Yeah, that's a terrible take. I, um, I mean, just look at the <laughs> kinds of players that win MVPs. That is, that's not Kyrie Irving. That's I just, Luka Doncic. So what precipitated this production was he asked Gilbert Arenas, you know, who was better between Luka and Kyrie. And he said, production-wise, Luka. Usually better players produce more. That's typically how production is made. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving, sure, he might have a better handle than Luka. But you know what? It's actually better to have an A-minus handle at Luka's size than an A-plus handle at Kyrie's size. That's just the nature of how basketball works. Well, and Luka's like, a significantly better playmaker. He's one of the top five, I would say, post-scorers in the league right now. In terms of floater finishes, crafty finishes, Luka's as good as it gets. He's probably the best isolation wing in the entire league. I mean... What when are we talking big, about? What are we talking things about? Things don't look as pretty when you're, but they count just as much. much. Yeah, I, I don't under, like. What are we talking about? Luka Doncic led a god awful team to the Western Conference Finals by absolutely dominating the teams on the way there. I, what? What? I, I and I love Kyrie Irving. I sung his praises earlier, but this is an insane take. Yeah, I, I'm 100 percent with you, and you've got my vote. I think that's the worst take of the week. <laughs> yeah, I think that is. Yours is a close second. That is the worst take. So heading into the final week of best take, worst take, we have Terrence Mann saying the Clippers would have won in the bubble and Kenyon Martin saying Kyrie is better than Luka Doncic. Well, re- well, I think the worst part isn't the Kyrie better than Luka It's the, quote, real basketball people. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> you, well, you know what it means, Patrick? You and I are frauds. Yeah, I We're guess. fraudulent basketball I guess. people. I, well, I'm sure Kenyon Martin would say that we, we are frauds, but that's okay. He, he might have called me one already. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he's not a nice man. <laughs> he's a scary guy. That's kind of his shtick. <laughs> he, he was kind of scary. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that is it for this episode. Patrick, the season is here. I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited, too. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. If you haven't seen any of our preseason content yet, be sure to click on all those videos and give them a watch. But until then, we'll see you guys next time. Go Heat. Go Suns.